This is the Roden Fellows Podcast. Capital One is a proud partner of the Roden Fellows Program, which provides opportunities to aspiring sports journalists from historically Black colleges and universities to produce content, including this podcast, throughout the year. Capital One supports this program as a part of their larger commitment to the advancement of students from HBCUs. What's up, guys? Welcome to ESPN's Anscape Roden Fellow Podcast. I'm your host, Zoe Hodge. I am a third-year strategic communications major on the pre-law track from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I attend the Hampton University. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by my producer and colleague, Monet Heath. Hey everyone, my name is Monet Heath. Um, I am a senior journalism major and sports administration minor at Howard University. We have a great show in line for you all today, and we will start by talking about the transition from winter break back into school. So it's been a while since our last podcast, so we really just want to check in before we get into our segments for today. Um, so, Monet, how was your winter break? Um, it was really good. Um, just got a chance to be around family, um, work at the Motown Museum, which is always fun. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, so overall, it was pretty good. How about your break? That's good to hear. My break was pretty good. It was just a chance for me to unwind and relax and just take a break from school and stuff. I'm kind of ready to just get back into the swing of things, you know? Yeah, I definitely understand that. Um, I know after having so much fun with family and friends at home, it could be hard to return to campus and get back to the grind that you have from last semester. Yeah, totally. I definitely agree. Um, just, you know, not procrastinating, just finding that motivation to get back up, you know, it's the new year and stuff too. Um, so we can just kind of go through some things that we might do, um, to just help us get acclimated and back into the swing of things. I know for the new year, I like to set goals, um, keep a planner. I like to just really be like hands-on and just stay extra motivated. Um, I think bringing in the new year like that just helps you follow suit and just keep that same energy um, up throughout the months to come. So what are some things that you do? Um, Yeah, all of those are great. Um, I would definitely say, I think I struggle with my sleep schedule per se, um, getting back into the swing of things. So just trying to practice sleeping a little bit earlier to ensure that I'm getting up and ready for the day. Um, Same thing you said with being organized, having a planner just to make sure everything is together. And um, just probably praying and things like that, just to make sure that um, stay close to my faith, obviously, and make sure that um, it helps me feel good for the day. All right, with that out of the way, um, just being able to catch up and refresh um, to follow up with our first segment, um, I want to talk about one of the most viewed and talked about events from the past week, the Golden Globes. Yes, it was an, it was great. On January 10th, the 80th Golden Globe Awards was held in Beverly Hills. The event honored outstanding television and movies that were shown in 2022. Yes, I really enjoyed the show and it was amazing to see so many Black artists, actresses, actors um, be able to receive awards. I totally agree. Abbott Elementary won the Best Television Award for Comedy and writer Quinta Brunson and actor Tyler James Williams 
uh, would win an award for their performance as well. And it was also great to see Zendaya win the award for Best Actress in a Television Series Drama. And those are just really some of my favorite actresses and actors um, and producers that are out right now. Yes, definitely. Um, it was also pretty cool to see Angela Bassett make history being the first actress to win a Golden Globe for their performance in a Marvel movie um, with her role as Queen Ramonda in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, with a lot of historic wins and just seeing so many talented Black actors and actresses win, how do you feel about that? I just think it's amazing. It's something I hope to continue to see. You know, I like a lot of Black actors, writers, producers, they really fought for like their spot in, you know, Hollywood and TV as we know it today. So just to have them like in these spaces is just amazing. See them winning awards um, and continuing to just push out new and exciting um, things that we enjoy watching. I think it's amazing and it's something that I would like to continue to see. I really did enjoy Wakanda Forever. It was just yes. an amazing movie. Like Angela Bassett, just like, she just invokes like so much emotion watching her. So I really just enjoy Wakanda Forever. Um, definitely Abbott Elementary, something different. And I just like seeing like Black creators just do their thing. So. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, thinking about like Tyler James Williams, I've been watching him since a kid, starting with Everybody mm -hmm. Hates Chris and um, Quinta, seeing her, you know, watching her on BuzzFeed and her little memes online to being able to create a show that meant a lot to her. It's just really nice to see that all that hard work is paying off for people that I've grown up watching. And with Wakanda Forever, obviously a wonderful movie. Um, I have no just great things to say about it. And um, Angela Bassett definitely did a wonderful job. One of the best performances I've probably seen in a Marvel movie. So it was just great to see all of them get honored. Um, Eddie Murphy got an honored as well. So it was just cool to see so many, um, not even just Black, actors and actresses, but more um, people of color were honored that night as well. So it's just great to see all of that hard work pay off. Definitely, definitely. Uh, well, based on the Golden Globes, I am excited to see what these actors and writers have in store for the upcoming year. So let's go ahead and transition into our last segment of the day. Um, I really just want to unpack how the Missouri Republicans spent their first day in legislature making a debate on women's rights to literally bear their arms, not guns, their actual arms, after it was stated in the House that arms are just completely unacceptable and break the female legislature's professional dress code. So if you haven't seen the videos taking Instagram and TikTok by storm, uh, policymakers who just so happen to be women actually spent their time at work defending why it's completely absurd for their dress code to be up for discussion. Yeah, it was quite interesting to see as the individuals who brought forth the amendment is the woman herself. So in the state of Missouri, the house's existing dress code defines proper attire for women as dresses, skirts, or slacks, worn with a blazer or sweater, inappropriate dress shoes or boots. Republican State Representative Ann Kelly proposed an amendment requiring women to wear jackets because it is, quote, essential to always maintain a formal and professional atmosphere. I think that's really what did it for me, because I just actually can't believe that they're trying to tighten the dress code only for of female lawmakers and policymakers, there was nothing mentioned about men. And several members of the House were actually quick to push back, viewing the proposal as sexist, impractical, and even hypocritical. And I agree with all three of those things. Like, I just can't believe that that's even up for discussion. The simple fact that a woman brought that amendment forward 
kind of just rubs me the wrong way because I feel like as women, like we have struggled so much, like to just even prove ourselves in these type of spaces. So the fact that we're here and now we're just like, I don't know, like it's just it's just very ironic that a woman, you know, proposed this amendment. How do you feel about that? Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with everything you're saying. It's just weird that in an, I mean, I understand in an environment like that, you do want to be professional, but having to cover up so much, it just sounds weird. I mean, I feel like you should be able to um, be able to just wear what you want per se. But I mean, I feel like, first of all, I feel like everyone should be, I don't want to say grown enough, but they're at the age where they know how to dress professionally. So being told what professional wear is and having a dress code is just wild to hear. And it's just unfortunate that dress codes have been placed on women their whole lives, you know, starting with school and things like that. So having to have that happen and having a woman <laughs> um, put, try to put that um, in place is just unfortunate and just crazy to hear, especially in 2023 so yeah emphasis on 2023 I think they could be doing you know there's actual things that are happening in our society right that need that we need policymakers for and discussing dress code is just one thing that I feel like like our tax paying dollars should not go towards that like I just don't think that they could I think that they could be discussing more what's the word I'm looking for? Like actual serious matters that need, that they need to be discussing. Like, I just thought that was insane. And there's a lot of videos circulating social media of like, there's a black woman um, who's speaking about like, Ann Kelly, how is it up to Ann Kelly's like interpretation of what professionalism is? Like, how can she be the, the one to determine that? And why do, why does everyone have to be like affected by that? all of the women that work there have to be affected by that. And why wasn't anything mentioned about the male dress code? So um, that was just something interesting to me. Yeah, I definitely can agree. Um, Well, I think that's all for today's episode. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Follow us at Anscape on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok to keep up with our HBCU experiences. To our audience, thank you for tuning in to us for another episode of the Fellows Podcast. We'd like to give a very special thanks to Mr. Roden, Parker Owens, and the ESPN Digital Audio Connect team. Be sure to stick around to the very end of this message for an exclusive look into the Roden Fellow Oldest Family Member segment. Get all of your Roden Fellow HBCU podcast episodes by subscribing to the Anscape Listen tab of the ESPN app. Make sure to join us next time for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to go on the Anscape website to look into the latest news and insight. Okay, my name is Gloria Cathcart. I'm Zoe's grandmother. I'm 77 years old. And I'm from originally Winston-Salem, but I live in Charlotte now. Okay, that's real good. Okay, so um, if you had, like, one thing that you wish someone told you when you was my age, what would it be? Wow. 
to make sure that as a young lady, I took care of myself. I got as much education as I could uh, and just work and take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's real good. And do you have like a favorite memory from your childhood? Yeah, I do. I remember going to camp mm-hmm. every every summer. I was a Girl Scout, and I remember going to camp for two weeks every year. And there we uh, like went swimming and learned new games. We learned how to sew. We went in old houses and mm-hmm. cleaned them up and lived in them for the two weeks. Uh, we went sl- swimming in lakes and stuff. That's where I learned how to swim. Mm-hmm. Um, I was to just the fun summers doing that. Mm-hmm. Summertime was uh, basically the best time of the year for me then. But I remember uh, a a winter in 60, maybe 60, 58 or 59 is when it was, Joy, Mm -hmm. that it snowed every Wednesday for six weeks. Oh, wow. Just on Wednesday? It, it it the snow never got off the ground before it snowed a deep snow again. And we had to walk to school in that. Mm. That's it. That's crazy. You had to walk to school in the deep snow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we didn't have no transportation and stuff. We got to school, we had to get there on foot. Mm-hmm. So I guess that kind of lead me to my last question. Like, what what's your takeaway on like how different or even how the world might still be a little bit similar to how the world was when you grew up, like in your adolescent, like your teenage and young adult years? Like, what's the comparison and contrast between society back then to you and like society now? Well, honey, uh, there's a big difference to me. Back then, uh, we were able, we, we had like four schools, high schools that were black schools. Mm-hmm. All the black children went to one of those four schools. Mm. And, uh, we had, uh, like, Little places to go. We had to stay in the black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But we had little places to go like the Y and uh, to a ball game every now and again. Mm-hmm. And we uh, went to what we call basement dances and parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. But we did not have all this killing. Mm. And fighting 
and drugs and all that. Mm-hmm. If we got in a fight, we fought it out, and the next day we were friends. Nobody got killed for being, you know, like that. Wasn't mm-hmm. always shooting and stuff. That's the difference between then and now for me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't scared to go nowhere I wanted to go. Don't care how late it was or whatever. Because mm-hmm. everybody looked out for each other. Mm. I can agree with that. Like, it's more stuff going on these days. So, thank you for sharing all your advice and your stories. I think they'll appreciate it and really like to hear it, too. Well, I hope I helped. (laughs) You did, Grandma.